Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a week where Alyssa Healy took advantage of being in India by sneaking into the IPL auction and bidding up her husband's price, this is Can't Bowl, Can't Throw. I mean, you've still got another, what, four or five years at least? <laughs> as long Ten as games a year. How long are you going to captain for? Maybe less if you play that much. Um, I mean, I still think you've got, say, 40, 50 test matches. That's four or five years, ten a year. Probably average, what, four a game? It's another couple hundred. 700. You're here with Kat Jones and Dan Lipke and human calculator Pat Cummins uh, working out how many wickets Nathan Lyon might end up with. Yeah, that, that is incredible. And do you think he did the same kind of calculations as the IPL auction was underway? Oh, I certainly did, yeah. Yeah, Dad, to keep very close close eye on that one because, uh, yeah, in case you haven't heard, Pat Cummins uh, was purchased in the IPL and uh, purchased for the highest amount ever recorded, uh, around $3.67 million in, a, in Australia money yeah yeah didn't last long though didn't did last it? Long, no. <laughs> <laughs> because what an hour or so later Mitchell yeah. Stark was uh put up there and he went under the hammer and he uh he ended up with 4.43 million Australian yep that's good and I've just done some calculations mm. on the on the back of my hand here and that is around thirteen thousand dollars a delivery mm. but that that assumes of course that he doesn't bowl any wides so Mitchell Stark will bowl lots of wides so that brings the price down so that makes him better value for money if he if he bowls lots of wides the yeah. more wides he bowls the better he is the more wides delivery. the better yeah. I think that's probably why he got such a high price yes exactly they and, get more for their money and how but, did Josh Hazelwood go <laughs> poor old Josh Hazelwood passed in <laughs> poor what Josh. the hell's going on there well, I don't think Josh could play most of the season his <laughs> wife's right. having a baby so okay. they, they've said ah, you're not quite as good value for money yeah it's a three million dollar baby yes anyway uh, I, I feel like I want to bid now oh yeah yeah I, I want to bid for someone to come to our Christmas Day barbecue yeah I think uh, the can't bowl can't throw has decided that we will offer Pat Cummins what 45 Australian dollars yeah it's generous yeah well we'll, we'll, we'll start at 45 Australian yeah yeah yes. 45 Australian <laughs> uh, if he comes to play backyard cricket with our family on Christmas Day yeah, and that doesn't include the flight to Melbourne. You, no. You've got to get here. You'll be in Melbourne. It's the Boxing Day test oh, the next day. So, course, yeah, we, we're not going to cover the Uber, though. Like, you get, get your own <laughs> way over here, Pat. Yeah. Uh, but we will throw in, you know, any leftovers that's still there from lunch. You can, yeah, can of course. Have, have a chew on that. Well, and, there's plenty yeah. of leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> there may be some. Right. Probably some salads. We won't eat all the salads, surely. Yeah. Anyway, and you could join in with Chris Kringle as well. Yeah, you've got to bring your own present. What's our Chris mm. Kringle this year? I think it's unusual food, mm. right? So you can bring uh, whatever, whatever 
whatever the cricketers it, have. If you're very unlucky, you could pick out what our 19-year-old wrapped up, which was a tin of spam. Yep. So uh, <laughs> that's something for, for Pat Cummins to look forward to. And if yeah. he brings Mitchell Stark, we'll, we'll bump the price to $55. Yeah, yep. and then they can have access to the escape. Oh, it includes beer now. Yeah. Okay, and a photo with Granddad. A photo with Granddad, who will be dressed up as Santa. Of, of course, course. Yes. of course. Hang on, with those two bowlers, we're going to need a keeper as well, because <laughs> no one's going to want to keep. Yes. Like you know, Pat Cummins is bowling, Mitchell Stark's bowling. Mm. So we need um, get Alyssa Healy to fly back to India. Should we? Should we've just finished the test by then, right? That's fine. Yeah. yeah. This is the part of the show where we discuss the cricket news of the week. Lots of stuff going on in the world of cricket. For a change, that is actually true. Mm, it is uh, very true. But we just have time to cover the first test between Australia and Pakistan, the first test of the Australian summer, late this season. A little bit late because of the World Cup. Yep. And, and this one is, is the West Test. It's in Western Australia. Yes, so that's the new branding. It's uh, the West Test. They like that because it rhymes. And is, is the West Test the best test? I, I liked it, but it was called the Perth Test. Yeah. I, I feel like people knew where it was and what yep. was going on. Now it could just be anywhere west of where we are. <laughs> that's right. Could, could be... Yeah, literally anywhere. It could be the Wild West, could be back in the 1800s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It could, could be all the way over in you know, South Africa somewhere. Who knows, or yeah. If you go west far enough, you get back around to, yeah. to where you started from. So, yeah, not, not a great descriptor. No. And probably too confusing for Perth people to show up. They didn't know where exactly in the <laughs> west it was. They, they didn't come. They didn't come in, in great numbers. This was despite Justin Langer. Uh, Justin Langer said, come on, everybody, yeah. come on over and watch, watch uh, this team play. Despite this, Justin Langer or maybe because, <laughs> because of Justin Langer. Justin Langer. Yeah, I, I've, I've got a theory that maybe Langer needs to get more stern next year. And mm-hmm. Instead of asking politely, for uh, Perth residents to show up to the test, he needs to yeah, say, you better bloody come or I'll karate chop you. Yeah. And yeah, so that, that's my theory. With Langer buzzing around, maybe we could rebrand this as the pest test. The pest test. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Will you be a guest at the pest test? <laughs> we shall see. So David Warner did all right. Uh, he, he, uh, yeah. Lots of criticism beforehand from uh, Mitchell Johnson was saying he wasn't wasn't a big fan of Dave, shouldn't have been playing uh, this, this test, this yes. best test, this Mitchell best Johnson's test. turning into... A bit of a needler, isn't he? He is, yeah. yeah. He's, he's having a good old time there. Anyway, uh, of course David Warner scored a century. Yeah. I think that's great. He can go out on a high. Lots of centuries. Maybe the odd duck, but, you know, lots of centuries <laughs> as well. Yeah. Well, the century was, I, I think, designed. As he scored the century, he kind of gestured mostly to Mitchell Johnson, I think, but the, <laughs> the press box in general to say, you huh. know, get that up here basically. Yeah. And uh, I, I think he thought that would shut the critics up. But, of course, it didn't because the critics' whole argument is that his, uh, his performance Performances at home are far better than his performances away. So, yeah. so scoring so a century right. at home is not, not going to help your argument, <laughs> yeah. uh, Dave. Much better to do what you did in the second innings. Score a duck, bring yeah. the, the home and away test averages closer together. So that was much smarter in the, in the second innings when he got the duck. Excellent. What were anyway, some other highlights? Imam Al-Haq, because he was just running. Well, was he running? <laughs> He's a terrible runner between <laughs> wickets. He was kind of jogging yeah. between the wickets and we thought he was going to be run out. I don't think he actually was run out at any moment. It, he, was, he wasn't. He, he was dismissed out of his crease. He was eventually stumped but uh, wasn't technically run out. So, yeah, he's very very much uh, following in the footsteps of his, his famous uncle, uh, Inzamam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yes, he will. He runs about as well as his uncle did. So, great, great, great work from him. Mm. Uh, we also had Steve Smith was eventually out. He was out LBW, as he often is. And mm. even, even more 
familiar was the way in which he reacted <laughs> after after he was uh, given out on review. It's like you're given out by the umpire, you're given out on review, and yep. he still walks off as grumpy as all get out. Yeah, muttering and, and cursing. Look. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, had a tantrum as he walked off. It's mm. not. It's actually not news, is it? No, that's not news. That's just something we have to say after mm. every test that Australia plays now. Steve Smith out LBW. Steve Smith burnt a review on it. Steve Smith grumbled and cursed and moaned and bitched and complained yep. as he wandered off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Anyway, the pitch was a little unpredictable. Yeah, it got worse and worse pretty rapidly as the test went yeah. on. Yes, and Mitch Marsh, who was, you know, the, the most popular man at the test, of Local course. Local poster boy. Yeah, yes. But he was uh, he scored 90 in the first innings and then in, in the second innings. He scored 90 in basically a session. He just came out and mm. went the mad tonk. And then uh, first ball in, in the second session, which is pretty much... Pakistan took the first session off most of the time during the test. They'd play rubbish in the first session mm. and then show up for the second and third and play okay. But yeah, so Mitch Marsh came out after lunch not realising that Pakistan were going to play properly in the second session and was out first ball. Yep. Uh, but yes, in, in his second innings, he got hit on the head a few times with this uh, pitch and the variable bounce, which meant that he had to have a, a concussion test mm. uh, after after each time and, and have his helmet replaced. So he passed the concussion test easily. And I, I am wondering now whether this match should be rebranded the concussion test. <laughs> Would that get Perth people to show up if they thought, you know, there might be bounces and possible brain I think it probably would. But anyway, the helmet must have been a problem because Mm. we know Mitch Marsh has a massive head. So they must have had a lot of trouble finding four or five helmets that would fit him. Yeah, so I I think he might have had a spare one the first time. The second time was just like, oh, bloody hell. Well, let's find Cameron Green. Cameron Green's the biggest other person in in the team. Uh, and uh, I think he just managed to squeeze his head in there. But the, the concern was that if he got hit in the head a, another time, mm. there were going to be no more helmets and he'd have to retire. Uh, no fitting helmets, which is a very unusual form of dismissal, but one, yeah. one that would have uh, would have seen him out of there. So so Cummins eventually declared. Yes, that, that is another good solution. Mm. And it didn't really matter because Pakistan <laughs> were, were all out for 89 in the second innings. And yep. I mean, I guess Lyon got most of those wickets, did he? He was, he was aiming for 500 and he got there. Yeah, he got enough to get to his 500. The wicket. Cummins needed about 500 reviews to get him there. Yeah. He kept saying, Come on, Pat. I think he's urged this one. Pat was like, All right, I'll send that upstairs. Nope, that's not out. Mm. Uh, eventually got there. Um, and I think uh, Cummins is already calculating how many reviews he needs to get Lyon past Shane Warne. <laughs> so I think he's going, you know, about four, ten tests a year, four, five reviews, ten reviews a test. Oh, I don't know, 300, 450 reviews. His most important captaincy decision yeah, of the next That's a lot four of tees he has to make. Yep. Please support capitalism by checking out these sponsors. All right, so this episode is still sponsored by my new book, which is still available in bookstores in time for Christmas and is still called The 100 Funniest Moments in Australian Cricket. So you can rush out and get that in the last few days before Christmas. It has been selling well. Uh, I was recently named... Uh, the hottest new release in sports humour over on Amazon.com. Yes, uh, really sticking it to the number three book, which was How to Groom Your Hairy Sack, which is uh, a sport I'm not aware of, but uh, apparently it was it was another uh, hot, sport, <laughs> hotly rising new release, which I which I managed to fetch. <laughs> there is also, I've been noticing in the bookshops, uh, the the greatest uh, cricket puzzles and jokes or something. So you're obviously beating that one as well. Oh, <laughs> Tough competition. So, you know, to keep me ahead of those books, uh, it's over to you guys to just keep buying it in these last few days before Christmas. Mostly talking here to uh, loyal listeners of the podcast, Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark, who have some money to spend. <laughs> so, spare cash. Yeah, you guys go out and buy at least.
least eight to ten copies each. Give one to poor old Josh Hazelwood. Pop, yeah. pop that in his Christmas stocking. That's a good idea. And hurry up, actually. Everyone has to buy this book because every bookstore has a massive cavernous hole <laughs> where Dan's book should be. Sometimes there's one copy left. Yeah. And it's usually surrounded by a pile of maybe a dozen copies each of AFL biographies of, I don't know, Nicky Winmar and Jack Rewalt, whoever they are. I don't know who either of those people <laughs> they are. They have books out, though. So good. who knows? Presumably, it's not funny moments. There's not a hundred funny moments in those books. You would imagine not. Anyway, no. you can order the book. Uh, go to leavecricket.com slash 100funniest. That's 100funniest. But that won't get it to you in time for Christmas. So mm-hmm. you'll need to get off your couch, race to your nearest bookstore right now. Uh, you can leave the podcast going, but uh, do that now. In, in the interest of the team, Australian cricket and finish with all formats and, and all crickets all around. I felt that it was the right time for me to leave. I just think it's the right time to go. I've just come to the end. <laughs> Is this a new segment? Oh, we've had this segment once before, but yeah, it's, uh, we, we brought it back because uh, this the, the first test against Pakistan was, of course, the first leg in uh, Dave Warner's farewell tour. Mm. Uh, he's uh, pretty much booked himself in now for for the, the farewell test he wanted in Sydney. Yep. So he's, it looks like he's going to get there now. And I recorded an interview earlier today uh, with Ken Peace, and he's just released a biography about Warner, and uh, that biography is called The Bull Daring to be Different. Uh, I think it would be better if it was actually called So Long, Farewell, <laughs> of Widdish and Goodbye. I mean, what a great <laughs> title for a farewell book. Yeah. Anyway. It's not called that, but no. uh, here's the interview I recorded earlier. <laughs> Okay, so in addition to my book uh, that is out in all bookstores at the moment, there's also uh, Ken Peace's new book, which is called The Bull. It's it's a biography of David Warner. And Ken joins me now to discuss that biography. Uh, Hello, Ken. G'day, Dan. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Always nice to be talking cricket. You know, between us, we're up to, uh, I think we're, we're Nervous 90s from nervous books which uh, are all published. Yeah, <laughs> you, you've, you've done the bulk of the hard work. I'm just uh, riding along in your slipstream, much like Uzbek Waja with David Warner, which uh, which <laughs> brings us uh, neatly to to the book that you've written. So what, what inspired you to write a biography about Warner? 200 at the MCG Boxing yep. Day match going back 12 months ago. Uh, the publisher, Michael Wilkinson from Wilkinson Books, who does uh, all sorts of different books, lovely genre, uh, different genres. Uh, and he said to me, um, can you get to Warner? And so I tried to, mm-hmm. couldn't. And the manager wouldn't let me near him. And he said that, okay, he's going to do his own autobiography once he retires from Test Cricket, which might be sometime in 2024. And Michael Wilkinson said, well, what about all his mates, uh, his coaches, his mentors? And I was able to, and his friends, mm-hmm. I was able to contact them all. And they all had terrific stuff to say about Warner. And as I worked into the project, Dan, I warmed to Warner every day. And I was really... I was one of those most polarised after Cape Town. We were there. We had our, um, as you know, I've been at uh, the Australian Cricket Society president for 16, 17 years, involved yep. with cricket all my life, obsessed, absolutely addicted to cricket. And here was a guy cheating and it was exacerbated that night by Steve Smith and mm. Cameron Bancroft telling absolute outright lies at the press conference. All Australia went into <laughs> overdrive. Yep. Ban these bastards and all that. And I was one of these. And I thought 12 months was enough. Though one of the Corporate people uh, was putting in six million dollars. Rang James Sutherland and said, "One year's not enough. Give them life, otherwise yeah. I'm walking." 
Yeah. And so he ended up walking. So Warner's led a wild and wanton life until he met Candace. Yeah. And she was really uh, the wind beneath his uh, his sails. And she's helped him launch this amazing comeback where, of course, um, we saw in Perth last week where he made a terrific century. And it looks like he's going to go out on a high with his, what he wants, the Melbourne and Sydney test double. Yep. Yeah, so as as you mentioned, you were there at that uh, that infamous game, and and you start the book with that. Obviously, that's kind of the the obvious lead into a book about David Warner. Was that difficult to write about to go back and uh, to re-examine that, or, or was that interesting or challenging? Uh, challenging. Yeah. But I was able to get a whole. When you write books, Dan, it's really nice, as you know, to be able to unearth fresh information or mm-hmm. really make a sentence sing. You know, the way that you do it in your unique way. My, my way is to re research and talk to people and James Sutherland said to me well this was the Tursus test series since Bodyline yep. it didn't just start at Cape Town no. in the first in the first test match at uh, at Durban um, you've got a uh, case of Warner running out AB de Villiers the Bradman of South African cricket and Nathan Lyon the 500 man mm-hmm. uh, literally dropping the ball on straight onto AB de Villiers who was prostrate trying to make his crease onto his back and James Sutherland was absolutely so angry, epileptic. And he rang Smith that night, the captain of Australia, and he said it was the worst possible look for the game. We're trying to make cricket Australia's greatest national, most popular sport. What was going on? And Smith said, hang on a minute, we've just run out the best player in the world. He, Lion, can do what he likes. And this was the captain. Yeah. The bad apple was at the top. And it just permeates through. The behaviour of the Australians, not just Warner, but all through that whole series uh, emanating in uh, and leading up in the crescendo in Cape Town was horrible. And I talked to Darren Lehman and I said, mate, you're a clean skin and I know that you didn't know anything about the sandpaper scandal, but the behaviour wasn't good enough. And he said, well, when Phil Hughes died, everybody went back into his shell. Such a tragedy for Australian cricket. Nobody wanted to bowl bouncers. Mitchell Johnson, didn't. if he got a ball up chest high, he, he actually would apologise to the player. He said everybody retreated so much so that we were beaten at home, which never happens by India. And they were a substrength Indian team. He said, we had to again teeter the line, had to walk across the line and play with the old, bold Australian aggression. And Warner was given a leading hand in that, rightly or wrongly. And Australia started to win again. And again, their behaviour started to cross the line as we saw what happened in South Africa. So um, it's not totally his fault. His batting coach uh, said to me, Dan, uh, Trent Woodhill, and he was terrific. He's, He's known David since he was 18 years old and has worked with him side by side. And he said to me, you know, Ken, I don't condone what he did in Cape Town totally against what everything we all of us love about cricket. But, you know, he was really brave to do it. I said, what do you mean, Trent? He said, nobody else, they needed wickets. The series was on the line. They needed wickets. And he was the only one brave enough to attempt this audacious thing of changing the shape of the ball, rubbing it up the wrong way. And so Stark could swing it around corners. Yeah. And he said, uh, nobody else would, 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 would do that. But Warner did because being Davey Warner, the boy from the wrong side of the railway tracks from Matraville, from the house, estate. He's always had attitude about him 
It's one of the reasons that have made him great as a cricketer, a yeah. real champion of the game across all formats. But it's also polarised and it's still polarising a lot of people, Dan. Yeah, well, it's definitely a, a warts and all book that you, that you've written here. Like, you, you're not uh, blindly praising him or blindly condemning him. So, uh, yeah, what, 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 what are, so we've talked about some of the lows of his career and there are other lows as well as the sandpaper stuff. You, you talk about the Joe Root incident. But uh, what, 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 what's your favourite high from uh, David Warner's career? What, what, what's, what's the best thing that he did, in your opinion? Well, like, you, like you, I've been promoting the ball, daring to be different. I was up in Albury at St. Patrick's Cricket Club and one of the young boys that plays in the under-16s there, his name is Sam Williams, and he's a boy from Ballarat. And he moved up into New South Wales because he wants to play at Warner's Club. Warner is his all-time hero. When Warner was suspended, young Sam, nine years old then, he's 14 now, wrote him a letter and he said, you know, the only mistake in life is not to learn from your mistakes. And it was a wonderful letter by this nine-year-old in his handwriting, not written by his mum or dad. And Warner loved this letter and he's befriended young Sam. And he took the, took him up to eastern suburbs to his club. Uh, he was a hero for a day when Smith came back, also suspended. They had 5,000 at this game and young Sam was running water. He was the virtual mascot. And Warner, no matter where he is in the world, rings young Sam once a month to just to see how he's going with his own cricket. He went back to eastern suburbs um, and with Candace and with their three kids would take them down to the big hit bash that, that they have. And he really rediscovered his love of the game and realised how important cricket was. And it was all on this young boy, Sam, writing him this letter. And so it was fantastic. So I went back to St. Pat's and there was about 40 there. And you would have loved it, Dan. We were just sitting around. Uh, it was warm, 35 degrees, sitting around in a big circle of chairs, um, about 40 people. And I was just telling stories about Dave and, and young Sam was there as well. And they all bought the book. It was just really, really nice. So that was just one of the human sides of, of Warner that people don't get to see. Yeah, yeah. So overall, do, do, do you like David Warner? You, you suggested you'd warm to him uh, as you wrote the book. Do, do, do you like him as a, as a person, as a cricketer? I, I, I like his... I like the Mavericks. I like his Maverick ways, his audaciousness. Um, I don't like some of the politics that he's been involved. Even when he scored the century in Perth, and there's been a lot of heat from Mitchell Johnson, yeah. uh, and maybe Johnson was echoing 75% of the Australian cricket opinion in that he didn't necessarily deserve farewell test matches, but there'd been no red ball cricket, uh, mm. really, uh, for him to be able to play, given his World Cup commitments. And so... At that, when he made the century, he really made a point yeah. of pointing to the press box. But this is the Warner way. He, he he doesn't do anything by halves. If he's angry, he lets him know. And this must have been a rip-roaring text he sent in mid-year to Mitchell <laughs> Johnson because Johnson has really has really sat on it and then suddenly he's gone boom, you know, like it, it's gone off like a, an absolute lightning rod. Same time, Johnson is now a commentator. He's paid to give his views. And this was a very, very strong one. I like Warner, the cricketer. I don't necessarily... He, he hasn't got that... And you met Shane Warne too. Warney was one of my mates. And he had the boy next door appeal. And he would shake my hand and look me in the eye. And he'd really mean it. And he said, Ken, you know, I'm going to keep on making mistakes. Hey, but hey, Australia, this is me. It's Warney. I'm going to keep on making mistakes. I'm sorry. Warner never said that. Yeah. And people haven't embraced him in the same way that we embraced Shane Warne. 
And that's just the way it's going to be. If Warner hasn't apologised properly by now for, for sandpaper and some of the other uh, indiscretions, he's, he's not going to uh, at his farewell press conference, I don't think. Yeah, well, well it's a great read. I, I, I flicked through it the other day. Uh, and it's out now in all good bookstores. It's uh, The Bull, Daring to be Different by Ken Peace. Uh, while you're in there buying that, you can grab my book, The 100 Funniest Moments in Australian Cricket as well. And also pick up Gideon Hayes' new book. Uh, that's uh, the one on the 2023 Ashes. I, I got that one as well and read that in one sitting the other night. So there's three good books you can buy. But uh, thank you to Ken Peace for coming along and uh, telling us about his book, uh, The Bull, Daring to be Different, uh, a biography of David Warner. Thank you, Ken. Thanks so much, Dan. If people want the limited edition hardback, just 200 were produced. I'm down to about 25 of them. Okay. They can go to my website, cricketbooks.com.au, cricketbooks.com.au. That's a great URL. Thanks a lot, Ken. <laughs> All the very best. Take care. Coming live. Thanks for tuning in and taking your time. The underappreciated act of the week. The funniest and crazy plays of the week. Who is gonna join the honorary board? The number one Scott Moller reward. Scott Muller. Scott Muller's been on our television just yeah. recently. There's a bit of a special on that particular test. That was very surprising, wasn't it, when we were just watching uh, the, the test match and, and we saw uh, them saying, coming up after the test, can't bowl, can't throw. So, <laughs> bloody hell, we better race to the studio. Yeah. But no, it was just uh, Mark War and Adam Gilchrist, I think, watching, uh, watching that test in which... Uh, Somebody said Scott Muller can't bowl and can't throw. And we did a special guest appearance, spoiler for, for that uh, show. Uh, there was Joe the cameraman on there once again claiming that it was him, which yeah, well, of course it was because it was him. Because of course it was. Because anyway, that was r- remarkably, we were glued to it. It was <laughs> remarkably compelling to watch these two yeah. guys talking and giving a bit of banter to each other about this particular test. That yeah, they back were in both 1999, playing, so old, yeah. old-timey test. Incredible. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we diverge here. Scott Muller is not going to make an appearance no. in this segment. However, well, nor is Joe the cameraman. No, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> However, we will talk about some underappreciated acts in cricket. And the first one occurred during the Bangladesh-New Zealand test, the second test. Mm. And it was Tim Southey who yeah. was bowling away and he did not concede to run. It sometimes happens, but he bowled a ton of deliveries mm. and still did not concede a run. This was Bangladesh's first innings mm. in Murpur and the first time this has happened since 1986. He had to bowl at least 30 balls yep. and he bowled 30 balls, zero in the runs column. Mm. 5.2 overs, five maidens, one wicket, no runs. No runs, yes. It kind of uh, you know ruins the whole New Zealand nice guys vibe, doesn't it? Just yeah. like, come on, give him a run, Tim. Yeah, but I mean, only one wicket. That's kind. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Could that's have been true. ten. Could have been ten for ten none. Ten for none. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So still, still reasonably nice, I yeah. guess. All right. So that's a good nomination. Uh, my nomination, or my next nomination, is uh, there's an African Cup T20 between Ghana and Sierra Leone, and uh, that had not just uh, an obstructing the field dismissal, which is pretty rare. It also had another timed out dismissal. Oh, amazing. We hadn't seen a timed out dismissal ever, and yeah. now we've had two in the space of a few months. Ooh. So yeah, both obstructing the field and timed out, and I think. Because since they combined obstructing the field and handle the ball, that means there are now 10 modes of dismissal, right? Mm. I want to see an innings where <laughs> there are all 10 modes of dismissal. Ooh, so be- going through them, that means we have to have a bold, an LBW, a court, a run out, a stumped, a timed out, a hit wicket, and obstructing the field, 
and are successfully reviewed by Nathan Lyon. You've got to have all <laughs> 10 of those dismissals and, uh, in one inning. So that's what we're looking forward to next. Oh, that, that'll have to happen in the next test. Yeah. MCG, yep. SCG, one of those two anyway. One of those two before David Warner leaves us. Mm. So I have one now for England. England mm. are playing the West Indies at the moment, a T20 series. Yep. And in the fourth match, England scored 267 <laughs> runs, three for 267 from 20 overs. Yes. And I think they're being nominated mainly because that's a lot of runs for England. That is a lot of runs. It's more <laughs> runs than they scored in any of the World Cup matches they played. Yeah. So that's a, that's a fact that may not be true. I haven't actually checked that, but it sounds true. Which it's, uh, it's, uh, it feels like it's the highlight of the England, whatever, recent he- in, past. England's 2023, I think it's their yeah. highlight. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, good work, England, uh, for actually scoring some runs for once. And I think our last nomination is our, our good friend David Warner. Who's appeared in every segment of he this is, podcast. Yeah, he's everywhere. You can't stop him because uh, Dave Warner celebrating uh, to tie it all back together, celebrating all these all these teammates, Australian teammates, mm. getting good bids at the IPL auction. He went to congratulate uh, Travis Head on being bought by the Sunrisers Hyderabad for some enormous sum of money. And uh, as he tried to post congratulations to Travis Head, he discovered he couldn't because he'd been blocked by Sunrisers <laughs> Hyderabad on Instagram. <laughs> so he was a little bit upset by that. I don't even care why this happened. I love this story. and Because he played for them for seven years. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then, of course, he's moved to the Delhi Capitals in 2022. But mm. good work. Work, play for someone for seven years. That does cut you, cut and run, cut you straight at every minute. Yep. Off you go. I, I, I feel for Dave because I, I know what this is like. I've, <laughs> I've uh, there have been many times when mm. I've wanted to tweet congratulations to England cricket. Yep. Of, you know, scoring two hundred and sixty-seven in a T Twenty match when they couldn't score a single bloody run in the ODI World yep. Cup, and I, I can't because uh, sadly England cricket have blocked me for many many years now. Yes. So yeah, so that that's why you don't get the praise from me that you deserve England cricket. It's because Right. Your social media team have blocked me, and so I feel very sorry for David Warner. Yes. So who wins the Muller this week? David. Of course it does. <laughs> yep. Congratulations to David Warner. Uh, go buy Ken's book and read about. Presumably there'll be an addendum. You could scribble in him being blocked by Sunrise's Hyderabad. In I the wonder back if of the Dave book. Warner reads his own book. Imagine he'll have someone read it to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that wraps maybe, us up. Maybe right? his daughters could read it to him. Yes, that'd, that'd be a bit lovely. Bit of a reversal. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. What a lovely bonding moment for them. Uh, I think that wraps us up right mm, yeah yeah that's it <laughs> uh so you've been listening to me i'm dan lipke i'm at lieb cricket on all social media and i'm at cricket Bat cat everywhere on lots of social media and i sometimes remember to post on all of those different mm. socials uh where, where, where you're not blocked uh by <laughs> by sunrises hydrobat that's right yes you can search for cartball can't throw and find a website a facebook uh, all sorts of social media and including a requirement that you need to subscribe to dan's newsletter as well, newsletter.libcricket.com for all of the content for the Australian summer and even some of England's matches. You yeah, never know. Everything. Yeah. Mm. Get, get onto it. And we will see you all after Christmas. Merry Boxing Day test. Podcast Network.